Hello ladies and gentlemen, it's Michael C. Bouchard, host of Night Stalker Podcast, Season 5, Episode uh, 63 already. Um, with 2024 coming up, we will be, again, looking at a new presidential election. And as one would expect, both Donald Trump and Joe Biden are both seeking office again. I have my personal views. Uh, you know, I am a realist. You know, I live in the communities like everybody else. Uh, I'm not sheltered by political uh, gratuities or anything like that. So, um, based on not the person, but the <clears throat> work that was done in the economical development, um, the political um, environment, and without a doubt the employment rate, and of course coming in with border patrol and borders and all of this. <clears throat> I have a clip that I'm going to actually play for you. It was done uh, May uh, 13, 2023. It's a little long, but <clears throat> it was done by Harrison Koss. Uh, the five major <clears throat> mistakes made by Joe Biden. <clears throat> now, to be quite honest with you, the factors that I had mentioned before, the economy, <clears throat> political, um, environment, and so on and so forth, are what I'm basing my uh, judgments off of. That's why I'm playing this. Not my, um, not my uh, po political opinion of who I think should be president. Now, after listening to this, uh, I myself am thoroughly convinced if you are going to vote for Joe Biden, uh, you need to really look in the mirror, get yourself a moral and ethical check, and um, probably a psychological. Because if you can't see what's going on in front of you, you are pretty much doomed anyway. But with that being uh, said, uh, let me just play this clip. It's a, it's a little longer of a clip, but it's pretty much on the nose. And like I said, if you do not have a major mind shift after listening to this, uh, you could have an issue. Now that President Joe Biden has officially announced that he is, in fact, running for re-election, it's time for us to look back at the last three years of his presidency and ask ourselves, is Biden really worthy of getting another term in office? Obviously, some are biased and think that he's the worst president in their lifetimes. As a colleague loves to joke, Biden's entire purpose as president is to make Jimmy Carter look good. And while realizing that our national politics has been reduced to a series of pathetic and meaningless personality contests, Joe Biden says that he should be president again because he's not Donald Trump, and Trump says the same thing about Biden, Joe Biden really does have a record. 
And that record isn't so great when you look at it. His supporters really are more opponents of Trump and the Republicans than they are believers in Biden's agenda, whatever that is, will say that we're being unfair. As president, Biden took over a country eviscerated by a novel coronavirus from Wuhan, China, and was sworn into office during a literal insurrection. Well, not since Abraham Lincoln has a president faced such problems. So let's be fair and acknowledge that Biden did take over during a particularly tumultuous moment in modern American history. Yet every president goes through tough moments. Not just the big names that we remember, like Abraham Lincoln or Franklin D. Roosevelt. So too did the lesser remembered presidents, like James Polk or Warren G. Harding. But such is the nature of the office. Normally, presidents don't sit around crying about the tough hand they've been dealt. They just absorb the crises and try to resolve them. But Biden seems incapable of resolving much of anything, and when he's not failing to find solutions to problems that he inherited from his much maligned predecessor, President Biden is making new problems for himself. So without further ado, here are the top five Biden failures as we enter into what is surely going to be a painful re-election campaign in 2024. Since taking office under a cloud of controversy in January 2021, President Biden has both failed to secure our border and his policies have made the situation along America's southwestern border worse than when he took power. When Biden became president, his predecessor had staunched the flow of illegal immigrants across the southwestern border significantly. In 2019, it was winnowed down by former Republican President Donald J. Trump to one million crossings, and in 2020, that number halved to around 500,000. Under Biden, the illegal migration into the United States has exploded. In 2022, nearly 2.4 million illegal border crossers were arrested along the U.S.-Mexican border. Most experts predict that 2023 will significantly outpace 2022's staggering number. Immigration can make or break a nation state such as the United States. Too little and the economy might not grow. Innovation might stagnate. Too much and the system such as ours is today might be swamped by criminality, disease, and abuse of America's generous welfare state. Democrats have made the misanthropic political assessment that unfettered migration, both illegal and legal, into the United States will permanently alter the demography of our country which, in the long term, will favor the Democratic Party's quest for political dominance in America. But thus far, they've been proven correct. Do not expect these numbers to abate in any way so long as Biden and his party remain in charge. When he left office, Donald Trump had imparted a great gift to the United States. He had presided over the expansion of America's domestic energy boom, the investment in the North American fossil fuel industry, as well as the reduction of environmental regulations on that industry, made the United States, for the first time in decades, a net exporter of fossil fuels. This, more than anything we could have ever done to support Ukraine against Russia, or oppose China's rise, or contain Iran, gave us decisive strategic advantages over our global rivals. Biden's actions as president, as they relate to energy, has been to make America more dependent on foreign sources of fossil fuels. Not since the early 2000s, as the outcome of events in faraway, dusty foreign lands mattered so much to the pocketbooks of ordinary Americans. More fossil fuel production at home under Trump meant that Americans were shielded from the excesses of foreign energy instability. It meant that Washington had greater leverage over its rivals, too. 
This outcome also led to cheaper energy prices for Americans, which meant that they could spend that money elsewhere. But that all changed with Biden. In fact, one of the initial actions that Joe Biden took as president was to issue a spate of executive orders restoring the Obama-era environmental regulations upon North America's fossil fuel industry and refusing to build new pipelines linking American and Canadian energy sources together, such as the Keystone XL pipeline. He also infamously refused to support the creation of the Key Pipeline in Michigan. By taking these domestic sources of fossil fuel off the global market at a time when the world was going through a general contraction of fossil fuel sources, largely as a result of the COVID-19 lockdowns, Biden made Americans more susceptible to the volatile spikes in price that define the global energy market. Now that's why the national average for fuel has been so much higher than it was during the Trump years. Since taking office, the national inflation rate has been at historic highs. And not since 1980 has the inflation rate been this high. Inflation, as Milton Friedman used to say, was a hidden tax on the American middle class. That has certainly been the result of the Biden economic policies. President Biden has turned profligate spending into a zen-like state. Regardless of his intentions, whether it be student debt relief or hiking costs to consumers to pay for ill-advised climate change policies, the greater the spending, the more money this printed. The more money that's printed, the higher our inflation rate is, meaning the greater drag on America's overall economy will be. Biden wants to be Santa Claus to as many voting blocks as possible. It's a cynical calculation. He can dole out money from the Treasury to effectively buy votes. Politicians have done this time immemorial, but Biden has taken it to Weimar Republic levels, and then some. More than two trillion U.S. dollars in circulation today have been printed in the last three years. That's unheard of. While Biden's predecessor certainly printed his fair share of money needlessly and contributed bigly to the national debt, Biden came in and basically poured fuel on that raging inferno with great aplomb. To combat the excessive spending in the presence of so many dollars chasing too few goods, the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has opted to hike interest rates. This is a double whammy for Americans as things are now completely unaffordable including basic household goods, such as eggs. Any other president would have been kicked to the curb with no questions asked. Joe Biden, on the other hand, is inexplicably given a pass. It's his spending policies that are contributing mightily to the spending, which, in turn, is causing the inflation and so many other woes that middle-class Americans are being saddled with. The economy is struggling the way it is, largely because of the inflationary woes that we're all being made to endure. Since 2021, the year that Biden took office, the national crime rate has spiked. According to a 2022 report from the Council on Criminal Justice, violence in major cities remains dramatically higher than it was before the pandemic. The report goes on to assess that based on data from 23 metropolitan areas in the United States, the homicide numbers for the first half of 2022 were 39% higher than they were in the same period of 2019. The CCJ report also looked at property crimes, violent crimes, and drug offenses in 29 major metropolitan areas in the country. They determined that aggravated assaults and robberies increased 4% and 19% respectively. Property crimes also increased by 6%, while larceny went up 20%. Residential burglaries rose by 6%, and motor vehicle thefts jumped by 15%. The bulk of these crime statistics emanate from Democrat-controlled cities, 
the CCJ, by no means a right-wing institution, attributes the increase in these crimes to a combined pullback from police in these cities. You can also add in George Soros-funded left-leaning district attorneys choosing not to prosecute criminals the way that they're supposed to, and gun violence. Before anyone tries to ascribe the uptick in gun violence to Republican pro-Second Amendment policies, bear in mind that the bulk of these cities that are experiencing the increases in gun violence are Democrat-controlled and have been for decades. And those politicians are decidedly anti-gun and implement policies meant to restrict gun possession in their cities. While many of the decisions that the CCJ believes have led to the increase in crime are at the local and state level, the fact remains that the Biden administration is a general soft-on-crime approach at the federal level. Given how much money and resources cities and states require to do their law enforcement operations, there's a general incentive imposed by the Biden administration to implement these soft-on-crime policies that are leading to the spike in criminality everywhere. The United States has enjoyed its position as the world's sole remaining superpower since the end of the Cold War. Most Americans living today have either never lived in or have long forgotten a world in which a rival seriously contested American power. Today, an axis of autocrats in Eurasia is rising to challenge American power everywhere. Led by China and Russia, this semi-alliance, which includes countries like Iran and North Korea, wants to push America's dominion far from Eurasia. In China's case, they dream of a world not ruled by the American superpower, but by one led by the Chinese Communist Party. President Biden has argued that he was the more competent presidential candidate in 2020, largely because of his decades of experience in government. Specifically, Joe Biden made the case that he was the most qualified because of his years of foreign policy expertise. Yet from Kabul, Afghanistan to Khartoum, Sudan, all Biden has managed to do as president has been to engage in a series of catastrophic withdrawals that have weakened America's standing in the world and empowered the very enemies of Beijing, Moscow, Tehran, and Pyongyang that Biden claims he's trying to contain. The sloppy pullouts are merely a symptom of a much larger problem, Biden fecklessness at a strategic level. More to the point, few have been able to deign what precisely the Biden administration's wider strategy is. At the same time that Biden has presided over disastrous withdrawals that diminished U.S. power globally, Biden has also encouraged the rise of the most vicious anti-American regimes from Brazil to Afghanistan. Meanwhile, President Biden has overcommitted the United States to what very well may lead to a nuclear war with Russia in Ukraine, while squandering precious and limited diplomatic, political, and military capital there at the expense of being able to defend greater American interests in places like the Indo-Pacific and the greater Middle East. And clearly, another four years of Joe Biden in the White House will lead to the permanent diminution of U.S. power globally, and will by default lead to the expansion and solidification of Chinese world power that is both anti-democratic and anti-American. As one U.S. Air Force general once said, the United States is about to go from a superpower with global responsibilities to a regional great power with diminished global reach. There is little doubt that Joe Biden's presidency has damaged the United States on all fronts. Biden routinely tries to pretend as if he's saving America from the damage that his predecessor had visited upon our great land. This is simply untrue. Biden is presiding over the willful diminishment of America as a global power. His administration is actively embracing policies that will permanently gut the American middle class 
once the backbone of America's economic power, which is, in turn, the foundation of U.S. military power. America, under Joe Biden, is less prosperous, less stable, and more threatened by domestic crime and international rivals. We truly cannot survive another four years of the Biden administration. The list above is by no means comprehensive, but it is indicative of the painfully negative trend line. Most Americans have been conditioned to believe the forces of history are far more important to the outcome of events than individuals or groups of people. Biden is proving the inverse of the great man theory of history. Because he is the least competent and one of the weakest American presidents in modern history, Biden is causing so many problems for a United States that still retains all the capabilities it needs to survive and thrive in this dangerous post-pandemic world. It's just that President Biden is hindering us. The next election, if Americans put someone else in charge with a comprehensive vision of American greatness, could see a drastic and sudden reversal of fortunes for the United States. The time is not on America's side. Failure to radically change course in terms of leadership will ensure that the 2020s are America's lost decade, and the worst patterns and proclivities of the Biden years will become permanent features of a declining America rather than a historical blip. Okay, so now that you listen to that, if this is not um, make you change your mindset and uh, reevaluate what is better for the country, uh, again, I have to tell you, you are probably either a communist. or you need a psychological. Quite simple. You see, the problem people make when electing a president is that they vote against the president, not the good of the country. There have always been presidents that people didn't like. Personality, the way they do things, maybe even the way they look. But the reality of it is, you need to do what's the best for the country because not only do you suffer when you have people like Joe Biden in, but the country suffers. The weaker the country comes because of political misjudgments, the weaker the country becomes. And remember, people, your children, your grandchildren have to grow up and live in a diminishing country that you have developed for them when you vote because of your bias. simply said, you know, this isn't a uh, who I like better campaign. This is what's, this next campaign in 2024 is going to be, or should be, what is best for the country and its economy.
not I don't like Trump, I don't like Biden. It's not a person you are voting against. It is what is best for the country. This is what you're voting for. It's not a it's not it's not a uh, high school um, personality show or trait. But you've heard the facts. Uh, hopefully, you've learned something. Uh, like I told you, I uh, for for over fifty something years, I was a an independent voter. I voted for who I believe had the best policies. Only up until the last presidential election did I actually have to pick a side. And unfortunately, what is being said about the Democratic Party is true. It's not lies. It's it's, it's fact. You know. Um, They have the highest crime rate. They have destroyed political uh, contacts within within the world. They have um, destroyed Americans' economy. They have just so many things, and so many things they had promised that had never never came to fruition. So, with that in mind, um, you know, 2024 is coming up fast, and you really need to. Um, you really need to look out that what's best for the country. It's, this is not a personality, uh, uh, an election based on personality or personal likes or dislikes. This is a, um, this is a, uh, a vote that's really going to affect how your grandkids, how your children, how your children's children, and your children's children, the the, the country that they're going to have to um, live in. If you want them to be living in a third world country, which this place will turn into because you, you've seen the streets of Las Vegas, you've seen uh, the rioting, you've seen this, you've seen that, which the Biden administration has effectively done nothing against. Is this what you is this what you want your children to grow up in? Is this what you want your grandchildren and your grandchildren's children to grow up in? That's a decision you have to make. But don't make the wrong decision. With that being said, this is uh, Michael C. Richard, host of Night Stalker Podcast. This is uh, Season 5, and this is uh, Episode 63.